And good afternoon to you. I'm Al Cresta. On this Memorial Day, uh, we are trying to keep in mind the sacrifices that are made, uh, not only on the battlefield, but also at home, oftentimes by military wives. And my guest, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, is, uh, has authored and put together a very helpful volume called By Dawn's Early Light, It's Prayers, Meditations, and Stories for Catholic Military Wives. Donna is a frequent guest on EWTN television and radio. She's been a guest on this program many times. She's uh, also the TV host of EWTN's Everyday Blessings for Catholic Moms and Catholic Moms Cafe, uh, Feeding Your Family's Soul. She's the author of many books, and as I said, most recently, By Dawn's Early Light, Prayers and Meditation for Catholic Military Wives. Donna Marie, good to have you. Oh, thank you so much, Al. It's wonderful to be back and speaking with you. Uh, Tell me about this project. Uh, I mean, you, okay. you know, you've written quite a bit. You can go over a wide range of subjects. So why this one? Yes, thank you so much for asking that, and thank you for your kind words a little while ago about the book. Well, um, yeah, it's kind of a real different subject for me, isn't it? I usually write about you know, the faith and family, for mm-hmm. mothers, for women. Well, sure. this is for women, but hopefully for others as well. But the reason, um, I think, just to give you a little background about how this came about, two of my brothers fought in Vietnam, and I'll never forget seeing the tears in my mother's eyes. You know, every time she would pray for them, um, you know, two of them, two of her sons were away, and she worried, you know, that they might not both come home alive or, you know, what would happen to them. So it's only natural for a mother to be concerned and and as the little sister, I was so concerned, too. We had eight kids in the family, so we had a big family. But, you know, every single one, of course, <laughs> and I loved very much. And I was re- really concerned about my brothers. So I beg God, please let them both come home alive, because I didn't think I'd be fortunate enough to see both of them come home alive. I don't know why I worried so much about that when I was little, but I did. And so I prayed and prayed, and thanks be to God, they both came home. But my brother Gary has passed on to um, to his eternal reward from cancer that oh. they say might have been from chemical weapons yeah. used mm-hmm. in Vietnam. And I have another brother who was there, and he's fighting cancer now as we speak. You know, he was also affected. Wow. War affects every single soldier, but every family, too. And about eight years ago, uh, women the women at West Point invited me to speak there. They had read my books um, for women and about the sacraments and sacramentals, and they wanted me to speak to them. So I went to West Point, and I fell in love with them, Al. That very night, I just really bonded with those women, and I felt like, wow, I need to write a prayer book for them. I was so touched by their heroism that I thought, wow, let me see if I can do that. I would love to. So I I knew, you know, at some point I would get... To, around to being able to, to put pen to paper to do that, but I had other responsibilities and other books and everything. <laughs> right, right. You know, and so, I, and then they had me speak on their military bases and at conferences, and the more I got to know them, it wasn't that I just wanted to provide a book to nourish their soul. At, then I realized, wow, I need to write a book that's going to shine a light on their heroism. Yeah. These women are the hidden warriors, they, and they fight hidden battles, you know, not just the ones on the battlefield, but so many battles on the home front, and they have so many triumphs in their life, too. 
and I knew they needed to be heard. So by the grace of God, over the last few years, I was able to interview quite a few of these beautiful women who are in the pages of this book. So I have their true stories woven in with the prayers and the meditations and reflections and all of that. So that's a very long answer to why I wrote this kind of a book, but I wanted you to know you know, about my brothers and about my mother's tears and about my worries, you know, for my brothers and, and these beautiful women that I met and, and uh, some other families, too, because some of them had me to their, to their homes. I had dinner at their dining room table, all at different bases and things like that. So I really got to know these women. That's great. I, you point yeah. out there are all kinds of hidden costs uh, to yeah. war. Uh, we don't often... Uh, see them. I know friends of mine who served in uh, Vietnam in combat uh, frequently mm. didn't talk about it. They weren't especially yeah, interested. They're, they're, they're like very quiet when they <laughs> right. come back, right? Yeah, exactly. And so <clears throat> uh, many of us <clears throat> who haven't served in a combat setting might be led to believe by their silence that somehow it's, quote, no big deal. But it's yeah, a huge that's deal. A good point. Yeah. What are some of the most overlooked war wounds? Thank you for asking. Yeah, so, you know, we might think, um, you know, like you said, they're quiet. My brother, Gary, he sat in the same old chair day after day watching senseless TV because he was he was so affected by the war. He was so quiet, but we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. He, you know, he shared a couple of stories with us, which, you know, if we have time, I'll mention, but he was so quiet. So, um, but that's because he had seen such devastation yeah. And also, Al, his fiancée left him while he was fighting over in the jungles of Vietnam. Oh. So he came back to that, too. So oh. that happens uh, with some soldiers. You know, their life falls apart while they're, they're over there. Yeah. Um, but they, um, you know, you might think it's uh, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder that is the biggest invisible war wound. And, yes, it, it is a big one, and it's becoming more acknowledged. But I think... Um, what I discovered in writing the book and in interviewing the women is something called survivor guilt. Really? Now, the woman I interviewed had never heard of it. She never knew anything about it, and she was bewildered by her husband's behavior. He was acting really, really strange, getting up in the night, and, and this is all in the book, all these different stories. Um, and she was, you know, following him secretly to find out what he was doing, and she was looking into his emails and things because she started wondering what was going on. He was distancing himself from her, and he was acting very, very strange. And so she finally had to go to the sacrament of confession. Ultimately, that's what really helped in this case because the graces she received and the wisdom from the priest that told her, you know, you need to confront this lovingly with him. So she did. She finally, you know, uh, confronted him downstairs in the middle of the night when he had, you know, left the bed again to go and just, you know, walk around the house because this poor guy was feeling guilty, Al, because he didn't die in the war. Can you wow. believe that? You know, his wow. buddy, his best buddy was killed, yeah. and he felt his buddy was far superior than him in so many ways. And so this poor guy, he couldn't deal with that guilt and so that's a real that's a real uh, wound from war is something called survivor guilt, and it can happen to you know anybody involved with war. So that's one of one of the things I discovered in writing the book is you know, that's one of the hidden wounds. That know? is that is I can see how that would be difficult. I mean, 
you, you, yeah. you know, when we say, well, you survived, the immediate thought is, well, that's wonderful. You know, yeah. uh, you survived. But then... Right, and you think if, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if, if, if you... If, this experience of survivor guilt then is especially difficult to acknowledge and talk about because I know I would be saying to myself, "What the heck are you feeling guilty about, man? You, you yeah, made you're it." Embarrassed yeah, embarrassed. Heck, I'm not going to bring this up. People think I'm right. nuts. Yeah, exactly. And he so he didn't want to bring it up. He felt embarrassed, and also he didn't he couldn't put his finger on it. He didn't know how to explain it. He just knew he was so troubled. Uh, and he got up in the night and, you know, just paced around. And and also, and he distanced, him, distanced himself because he just couldn't act appropriately. He was so caught up with this guilt. Hmm. But um, uh, the reason that all came up was he had seen a plaque, he, he and his wife and his family, at one of the military places that honor the, um, those who, you know, who've died in the wars. And his friend's name was on it. And he didn't know his friend had died. And so oh. that's what happened. And then it just kept plaguing him. So this happens to countless soldiers and their families. And we don't, you know, we don't know about this. So thankfully, um, experts are starting to realize this is a real uh, problem. And they, you know, they can uh, help with it. So with this couple, they went to the sacraments. She went to confession, and then she talked to him. And he went and saw a counselor, mm-hmm. and they went together, and, and they worked it out, and their marriage is flourishing oh, now. Good. So thank God, you know, um, she so, followed the advice of the priest in confession to confront him lovingly. So yeah. Get to the bottom of it. And they, so he was able to resolve this survivor. Yes, he, he was. He didn't know what it was, but because his wife was astute, she was... She cared. She, you know, wanted to their their marriage and their family to be okay. And she didn't, you know, she was very afraid something might. She even thought maybe he's having an affair, or maybe she's <laughs> yeah. too fat, or you know, she told me all these. <laughs> she worried about, you know, she's not fat. I'm just saying it's, you know, you could worry about all these things. Sure. And, um, and so thankfully, she went to confession, and the priest helped her. And then they were helped in, in counseling. So this is something, you know, we need to pray for these families. They go through so much and sacrifice so much so that we can have the life that we have. Do, are there, I mean, do, are there, is there a fellowship of, oh, that's uh, a good thing, you know, yeah. so people can share this? Or is this kind of just done um, ad hoc? Problems come up, and so they, as in this case, well, I'm going to bring this up with the priest, and the priest right, gives good advice. Right, that's a very good question. Well, I'm hoping that my book will uh, bring to light a lot of things and get people talking about them, and maybe yeah. even in a study group or something. But these women uh, who have invited me to speak, they're called the MCCW, Military Council of Catholic Women. Okay. And so there is a group of Catholic women, if uh, our listeners don't know about it, um, and want to be affiliated or learn more about it, it's easy to find on the Internet. And also they have another group um, called CWOC. It's a, um, a chapel group, uh, which is, I think it branches off the MCCW. So they have, um, they call it their chapel groups. They um, have it at certain times of the week or the month, and they can get together and pray, these military women. Yeah, so yeah. they do have that support, and the ones that don't know about it uh, hopefully will learn about it and 
be able to find support with the other women and discuss things. And that's what I'm hoping the the book is going to be a conversation starter for. Very good. And also a help to the ones who feel alone because they might be going through one of these issues. We only touched on one, that survivor guilt so far. But, you know, if they see themselves in the book, they might not feel so alone and they might feel hope that they can get through it too. Yeah, yeah. Don Marie, hold it there, take a break, come back and continue conversation. We're looking at prayers, meditations, and stories for Catholic military wives. Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, my guest. The book is called By Dawn's Early Light. We've also uh, referenced the Military Council of Catholic Women, uh, an organization you may not have been aware of. We'll have, of course, links to it on our website, and I'll be right back. Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, and with me is uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, who you know uh, from her many uh, programs on EWTN and from her many books. Most recently, though, on this Memorial Day, we're looking at By Dawn's Early Light, Prayers and Meditations for Catholic Military Wives. And we were talking about the the women that you met at West Point and the speaking that you've been doing on bases. Well, discussing some of the hidden costs of war in the lives of these military wives. Uh, You mentioned dealing with uh, a spouse's survivor guilt and how to handle that. What are some of the other problems that maybe we are unaware of that these women face? Okay, good question. Well, a lot of times, you know, lies we might not realize that the marriages are under a lot of stress. Um, you know, the women support their soldiers, and they, um, but they have to go through that time of, you know, deployments and all the transitions and being away from one another for long periods of time. And, it's, and it also affects the children because, you know, one of the parents out of the home and the other parent trying to juggle. And as you can imagine, stress is involved because of, you know, the woman is trying to juggle everything, take care of everything in yeah. the house yeah. um, and all the stress. One woman shared with me, and it's in the book, her experience of throwing a snow shovel <laughs> because she tried to dig themselves out and was hoping the neighbor would help, and <laughs> the neighbor didn't, and she felt all alone and defeated. Uh. And she said, I finally had to just throw the snow shovel, you know, just go back into the house and and cry, <laughs> but yes. she prayed and everything worked out. But they, they deal with having to do all of this on their own. Now, the transitions, you know, when the soldier comes home, that's supposed to be such a happy time. They're alive, they're well, but we know they're dealing with things. And that transition could be, you know, just as hard as the deployment. So I'm hearing from so many that the transition is very hard. And sometimes yeah. the older son tries to take on the alpha role, you know, tries to take on the, you know, take care of the household when yeah. the father's gone, and he doesn't want to give up the role when the father comes back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've learned to adjust. Yeah, they've learned to adjust in the absence. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, it's a good survival mode, they adjust, but, and there's a lot of depression. Um, you know, I interviewed one woman uh, who's in the book, and 
she was, a couple of women had serious depression and, you know, there's help for all of this, you know, medication and counseling, but it's a real fact that these uh, women deal with a lot of, uh, a lot of strife, loss of limb and life, of course, um, the soldiers, the post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, also, um, there are accidents in training uh, where people are killed, unfortunately. Um, I've heard about those mm. and talked to some of the women. And I'm very, very sorry to say that one issue that's devastating is suicide. Yeah. And I recently attended a funeral of a soldier. Um, I know his family, and he took his life after coming back from a war. And and that was the only time I saw my stoic brother, who was in Vietnam, uh, shed tears, uh, was at this funeral. Um, so, you know, they, they go through a lot. There's a lot more, but these are the things. There's a lot of stress. They have to deal with so many moves and transitions and deployments. And, yes. And then when, when um, they hear of their, their, uh, their soldiers' friends or um, buddies, you know, getting killed or losing limbs or their own family, you know, their own soldier, that's very difficult for these families. We need to think of them in our prayers and to remember them because I'm afraid they're forgotten. You know, we remember them around Memorial Day like today. Yeah. We yeah. remember them around Veterans Day. But hopefully we can keep them in our prayers every single day. You know, we do at Mass, yes, it's always, I know, we we ask at Mass, but you know, let's try to pray more and to see if there's anything that we can do for these families. Are there special patron saints for military? Yes, there are. I have a whole chapter. I researched um, for, you know, the known ones, on, and I found a couple that I didn't know about. Um, so Chapter 2 is all about um, the saints and some of the prayers that they wrote. Um, I have... A, original prayers in there as well for certain saints. Um, they're a little bit of their history and how they might help. So um, yeah. that's there to help yeah, encourage just, and inspire I'm, the reader to turn to the saints and to pray for their intercession. Uh, yeah, just coming through this, I mean, there's St. Erasmus or Elmo, patron of sailors. Uh, yeah, Saint I didn't know George. about him. No, I didn't either. That's a, that's a new one. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who's a patroness of the United States Sea Services. And uh, I have to say, that's one thing I like about being Catholic. We yeah. have saints who specialize. And <laughs> I know, isn't that cool? <laughs> no, I love I, I it. I had to throw St. Joseph in there. I don't mean to say throw him in there, but he is so amazing. He's my hero, and he's a protector of the universal church. So right. We really should get to know him and, and to ask for his uh, help. So I put the litany of St. Joseph in there, too. Very good. And, you know, I put the litany of the saints in this book, Al, because it's... Um, it's said at special times in our church, but I thought it would be really nice for the family to pray the Litany of the Saints before their soldier goes away, mm -hmm. you know, and as a protection and to say it together as a family. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned earlier, uh, Don Marie, your, your brother Gary's stories, and yeah. you also mentioned his uh, uh, being overwhelmed at this uh, funeral for a friend who committed suicide. Uh, tell me a little bit more about his experience and his stories. Yeah, well, he, Gary, and he's the one who has died, um, he didn't say a lot about the war, but he did, he did say that one time he was in a foxhole and um, a cobra was in the foxhole. Whoa! 
And, he, and that, you know, we know that's a deadly snake, and we know he was in a deadly battle, too, but he shot, he kept shooting at the snake to try to kill it, and, and he couldn't get it, and he finally got, had to get out of the foxhole and get into another foxhole to be saved from the cobra, and thank God, uh, God saved his life, uh, you know, because he shouldn't have, you know, technically, you're not supposed to get out of your foxhole, right. but he had that cobra in there. Boy. But he also said that they would see, the soldiers would see little children during the day uh, selling them candy bars yeah. and being really friendly to them and, you know, coming up to them. And saying, but then at night, these children were chained to machine guns and shooting at them, yeah. the children. Yeah. So yeah. that was very sad for my brother to see. It's, that's, that turns the entire universe, the moral universe, on its head to see children employed that way. Um, I you had. Know, and he uh, couldn't even tell us all the terrible, terrible, horrific other things that he saw with women. And I mean, one man did share in the book. Uh, a, a man I interviewed, I met. Um, he shared about how his other um, military buddies were very mean to the women, and that he didn't want to be like that. And um, so his story is in there about how the stress overtook him one day, and how he almost lost it himself, um, picked up his gun, and they had to tell him to put his gun down. Wow. He said he kept a rosary in his pocket that his father had given him. It was a plastic rosary to make it safe for the war, um, because you can't have metal, you know, okay. it'll be detected, mm -hmm. possibly. So his story's in there, too, about the stress. And But he believed that the, um, our Lord and Our Lady really gave him grace um, to to get through that terrible moment, and then he was okay. So there's just so many stories. If I had more time, I could um, write another volume yeah. or I could have added more to this. But this is 300 pages as it is, so it's kind of a hefty book. Yes, yeah. No, <laughs> it's substantial, so and it's very... Families, and each person is loved by God. You know, every one of them we need to pray for. I've, I've talked to a number of uh, men who have been in combat uh, over the course of my friendships and interviewing and... And I, all of them tell me that um, having gone through the experience of combat, you are different, that you're changed. Yeah. Your eyes have seen uh, some of the wicked potentials of life mm. that many of us, thankfully, are not exposed to. Right. Uh, this is not, this. they don't, uh, well, some of them, it break, it does break them, but for many of them, there is healing that occurs, but it's you never forget entirely what you saw. Right, and that's it, where those nightmares come in. That, yeah. you know, the poor guys—they—they they even if they survive all of that—and I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Al. No, but those no poor guys—it's still in their mind, yeah. and and then they're dreaming about it, or you know, so they can't ever get rid of it. And to them, and to, you know, it, we should consider it evil. You know, it's it uh, is. Yeah. Yeah, what they what they witness, you know, they're actually witnessing evil unfolding in front of them yeah. and I don't know how anyone can really um really survive it, you know, fully, but by the grace of God and prayer and you know, supportive people around you, um you know, you'll be able to hopefully come through it and help others, you know, who who are struggling and hopefully give them hope and 
And there's a reason for having to witness that, I'm sure, in God's plan somehow. In, yes, right? yes. In, in all things will work together uh, eventually for good. And so we have to yeah. af- assert that in the face of this. Uh, John Paul II said that war is always a, a failure of humanity. Um, right. And uh, so we have to acknowledge that. Uh, but in the, in the long run, uh, in the great yes. redemption that will be uh, climaxed at Christ's return, uh, we Amen. will see how all this works together. You, you yes, also I can't right now, but it, right. yes, but there's always hope and with our Lord. We've got about ninety seconds left. Tell me a story of behind the scenes service. Oh gosh, let me. And I know you've got to, full so many. Let of me them. try to think fast. Well, I do have a little story in there that uh, this isn't. Uh, might not be in that chapter, but Father Andrew Apostoli, a dear friend, told me about uh, a soldier who got lost, and um, he found himself behind enemy lines, and this man came and said, follow me, you're an American, right? And I, I tell it in detail in, this, in the book, I'm just trying to remember sure. it now, and the soldier followed him, and the man brought him to a tent, and um to his commanding officer, and he turned around to, to thank the man again. The man was completely gone, vanished. There's nowhere. <laughs> he couldn't be found, and, and it, it, he couldn't have just vanished like that yeah. without some kind of miracle. Right, right. So the man reported to his officer. It turned out that the man, uh, the soldier, believed that was his guardian angel. Yes. He became a friar. Uh, later, he became a friar. So it's one of Father Andrew's friends, actually. Wow. Um, anyway, so it's a beautiful story about an angel on the battlefield. Yeah. So we need to call out in prayer, you know, and I'm sure those soldiers do that while they're there. Sure. Well, Donna Marie, thank you uh, for all that you do. And I, I love this new contribution by Dawn's Early Light. We'll make sure people know about it. 